Have you ever wanted to connect with someone, but you stopped yourself? Excuses to Connect is a podcast about actively creating the conditions that make meaningful connections easier. In other words, you can make excuses to connect. Join me, Richard Lee Tai, as I have conversations with experts, friends, and strangers on their struggles and successes when it comes to human connections. As a listener, I hope that you can take these insights and find excuses to connect with more people. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life. Welcome to episode 39 of the Excuses to Connect podcast. Throughout all these episodes, one of the concepts that often comes up is authenticity. Showing your authentic self is a way to build more meaningful connections with others because you don't have to pretend you're someone you're not. You're comfortable with yourself and you're not tied to how other people think of you. My guest today is an expert on the topic of authenticity. Christina M. Holly is the author of The Authentic You, Unleash Your Leadership Potential. She is a business leader that has had a career in human resources for over 20 years. She's worked in numerous companies and industries, focusing her time on strategic and operational HR activities, centering on employee engagement, talent branding, and driving a culture of well-being. Nowadays, she's been very focused on helping people to discover their authentic selves. In this episode, we discuss what are the components of authenticity, how to be more authentic, and the shifts in culture that need to occur in organizations. This is How to Be Your Authentic Self with Christina M. Holly. I'm joined with Christina Holly. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Richard, for having me here. I'm really excited. Yeah. So how I came across Christina is actually through a mutual friend of ours, Isaac Mashman, who was also a previous guest on this podcast. So he had posted on his Instagram story that he was reading a book in the chapter or the heading that he posted was on connection. So I'm like, I need to ask Isaac who this person is so I can connect <laughs> with them. So Isaac paired me up with Christina, who is an author. So that was from her, The Authentic You book. So I'm excited to chat all about authenticity today. So could you introduce yourself to listeners on how you came to focus on this work of authenticity? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I am currently in corporate. I've been corporate mm -hmm. for like 20 plus years in senior HR leadership roles. And during COVID, I actually wrote this book and this book has changed my life. It's changed the way that I see things, changed my whole view on connection. It's the idea of being able to connect with yourself because if mm -hmm. you cannot connect with yourself, you will not be able to effectively connect with others. And right. the work that I am trying to do with the, with the book is called The Authentic You Unleash Your Leadership Potential is really getting people to own their stories in their entire Because when we do that, we get realigned with our true self and we can actually start to connect with who we are and bring that amazing offering into the world. So yeah, it's been a journey. It's been absolutely amazing. And it's, it's really exciting when you start going on this, your own personal explore. Mm -hmm, definitely. So you mentioned this aspect of connecting with, with yourself to connect with others, <laughs> which I definitely agree. I know one aspect of your book, uh, you reference this hero's journey where, you know, you cross 
like all these different movies of like think Lord of the Rings you go on this adventure you go through all these trials and tribulations and then you return a new person or gaining a new insight so I'm curious for you if you could talk more about how do you connect with yourself and this aspect of you know connecting with your shadow self or your darker sides of yourself yeah. So I think, so the, the, mo- the model that I put in place in the book, it is mm-hmm. like your own hero's journey. I think sometimes we look at, you know, our traditional movies out there and we don't even realize that we're watching people go on their own personal explore, their own personal journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all have the capability of doing that. And we all have stories from our past that we have either blocked out or we've chosen to accept my, you know, when you go on your own personal journey, as I did, you have to make the decision to decide that, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start looking into that space from the past. Mm -hmm. And it's really about not going in deep dive and like reliving the past. It's about how do I feel about those situations in the past? What are the emotions that I have attached to that? Do I have Mm -hmm. shame attached to those stories? Do I have fear attached to those stories, judgment? And when we understand that, we can show up in a way that we can start to release that and really transform it to a place of acceptance you know, shame from a shameful story can all of a sudden shift to a story of acceptance where you mm-hmm. become the hero of your story. You start to own the narrative. So you can step into this next phase in your life, like the last part of the journey and be in this more elevated state, more connected to yourself and know what your bigger purpose is, right? Because it's mm-hmm. really about being in alignment to your own self, your heart, your higher self, and what you were meant to do in this world. But if you mm-hmm. are not doing that inner work, you will never get there. You're going to be playing small because you're worried about what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. You're not shifting the way that you need to be because you're just moving from one label to the next. So right. that's what the journey is. It's like you have to be courageous enough to understand that. Yeah, make the commitment, start looking within. And when you do, you might be surprised to see that the things that you were fearing are not as scary as you thought. So some of the mm-hmm. things that I would say on that journey that, you know, I have listed in there, it's like fear, judgment, shame, right? Guilt, apathy. Right. Those are things, those are trigger zones for me. Like what, where are your stories around that? And what do we need to release around that? So you can be in better alignment. Right. So I imagine there's some listeners listing right now and I'm gonna play devil's advocates like oh that's great at all Christina but like it's so scary as you said like to to explore fear and judgment and all these yeah I guess aspects of ourselves that are uncomfortable or that we don't want to remember and so for listeners how would you what would be your encouragement or I guess recommendation how do you start that process of doing that inner work yeah so the first thing I would do there's there's many different uh ways that you can start but First, you have to make your own personal commitment that you want to do it. So mm-hmm. yes, well, let's say Richard, you said, yes, I want to do it. I would say, get yourself a journal and start meditating. And a meditation is an interesting one because people are like, oh, I don't want to meditate that, you know, it, it just doesn't yeah. work for me. I don't mm-hmm. get it. I just suggest start with like two minutes. And the reason why meditation is so important, it silences the mind. And it allows, it'll actually 
basically silences your ego. Your ego mm. is the one that wants you to project and look a certain way and it's going to protect you no matter what. But it doesn't necessarily serve you well. And I know this, mm -hmm. I've learned this through my own personal experience. When you learn to silence the ego, then you can get closer to that true self. You can listen to that inner voice and really go on that place of discovery. Mm -hmm. And when you start journaling, it could be simple questions, right? One, one exercise that I really like to do is that when we get triggered, and we all do, because there are emotions that are trapped in the past some way, right? So right. let's bring an actual incident. Maybe you were in a meeting or whatever, and you feel as though, you know, you weren't heard or that you were dismissed or you weren't seen. Instead of reacting in that, and really it's like putting a bomb <laughs> and just letting yeah. it blow up and it derails. I would suggest that is something that you could journal on. That is something that you can pause and reflect. That is something mm -hmm. because that to me is a gift because it's telling you where you need to do the work. There's mm -hmm. something in the past that has not been released that is still being carried into your current day. Right. So when you understand that there's practices like that, that you can do. So there's the journaling aspect. Another one would be, it's called autocratic writing. Put on a timer for like five, five seconds mm -hmm. and just write, ask the question, how, how you're feeling. You write it down and then put the timer on for five minutes and just write. Don't mm. think, just write. Mm -hmm. Don't even take your pen off the paper. And you might be very surprised to see what comes through because that is your inner self giving you those answers rather right. than your ego. Your ego will try to rationalize and like, well, that's silly. Why are you thinking that? And try to, to put you back on a path, like live mm -hmm. small because we don't want you to look silly. We don't want you to look like you're not bright enough. So we got to maintain that image. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things. I know I did art journaling, which I'm a huge fan of. It is very amazing because mm -hmm. you use colors to be, and you, you don't even realize that you're selecting colors mm -hmm. that are, they have representation and you find mm -hmm. out after because you journal against all the colors you pick and why, and then you right. write with the opposite hand. Again, silencing the ego. Right. So the messages can actually come through. So that those are tips to kind of get into, into it mm -hmm. to kind of see where some of that stuff might be coming from. Yeah, those are wonderful practical tips. So on that art journaling thread, mm -hmm. I know for your brand, you use purple a lot. So does purple have any significance for you? Yeah, purple, it, it, what a great question. And I have like all these... These pictures, I, I actually did 30. When I started in my journey, I did 30 pictures that summer. It mm. couldn't, I just couldn't get enough. And it's mm -hmm. layered and all that stuff. And purple is, has representation of spiritual higher power, which I think is really interesting. I didn't get there until I started going on my journey. Mm -hmm. You know, green represents growth. Pink is like, you know, friendship. And it's like, it. you can actually look up what these mean but the the key is to ask yourself mm -hmm. why you pick those colors but in like not respond as the ego self but respond in your opposite hand if that makes sense because then yeah. it's it silences the ego and you will be very surprised i've had mm -hmm. so many messages that have come through that process one was very emotional that i did with my with my mom some inner child work, which I didn't even realize, but a lot of healing happened through this painting. 
And I didn't need mm -hmm. to go to my mom per se. This is, and I think that's another thing that we need to discuss is that when you're getting in alignment with yourself and connecting with yourself, it's really getting in a place of love. And you will probably have to forgive yourself and forgive people on this journey that have mm -hmm. caused some heart pain along the way. Right. And when you learn that process, you don't necessarily need that person in that discussion with you. This is for you. Mm -hmm. This is so you can be free and not be operating from a place of limitation. Mm -hmm. Because when we don't forgive, it's almost like, a, you know, it's a spiritual jail. It's whatever you want to call it. But it, it you are containing it for yourself. The other person might be walking around and not even have any concern, not exactly. even understand, but you're holding that baggage. Mm -hmm. And that, and then back to your, the podcast, you can't connect a hundred percent because you haven't connected with yourself. Right? right. So it's like you're connecting on a fraction because you still have this piece that hasn't been worked through. So anyways, the journaling for me allowed me to forgive mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. some pieces with, with my mom and such beauty in that. And I have all of those paintings now. And, you know, I actually made little cards, right. Cause there's little uh, messages that come through. Like one of them was give yourself permission. And another one was like, mm -hmm. love and always inspire. And I'm like, when you <laughs> sit down, you don't have those messages here. But right. as it layers and colors and, and it's great because you can throw a bunch of colors and just mess it all up and get that expression. And then it turns into something. And then I, I, I personally, I start to see images that are evolving mm -hmm. in the paint over mm -hmm. the next couple of days. It's, it's pretty cool. So cool. <laughs> No, I'm. Yeah, uh, I know that's a lot, but it's 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 awesome. I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with this aspect of forgiveness. It took me a while to figure it out as well. I as because I was reading Google articles and they're like, forgiveness is for yourself, not the other person. I'm like, what do you mm -hmm. mean? I want I want this other person to like apologize for all this, you know, hurt or harm that they've mm -hmm. caused me. But eventually, I realized no, it's it's for me to to let go of that ill will or like that expectation that you know <laughs> that they might or might not get back to me because the thing is like as you said like I'm still thinking about it when they probably who knows they might have moved on or not even think about it so really it's just me that's still reiterating that so I agree yeah and it's in, it's interesting because when you are in alignment Mm -hmm. and connected to yourself, right? That place of love, that higher power, that's where you get freedom and peace in your life mm -hmm. because you're not harboring anything. You're not trying to prove anything. You just are. And right. be this magnificent person that you, you already are in the moment. It's just like, you kind of unlock it. So mm -hmm. you can, you know, let it release and like, let's see what you do, right? Like for myself, I was very ego focused and I didn't, I didn't even know. Mm. And then I started going on this explore and I'm like, now I've written a book. Now I'm doing talks now, all this, but that's because something unlocked in me when I started to release some of the stuff that was holding me back. And I mm. decided to, and I was very, very fearful to start jumping in and going into the past. Right. But again, it's not about reliving the past. It's just how do you feel about the past? I no longer have shame about my past. I mm -hmm. actually embrace it. 
to a point where it is a part of where that inspiration lies for other people and for myself mm-hmm. to go and to go on that explore for for them. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult work. It definitely takes effort, but I think it's very worthwhile because mm-hmm. otherwise you just carry all those scars or stories with you and it manifests as you said like in ways that you're not expecting and when it comes to leadership and triggers and you're not showing up really as your authentic self so I guess on on that thread I know we've been chatting about the topic of authenticity but if you could give your definition of what that means to you so authenticity for me is being in a place of truth Mm. love and joy So when you are standing in a place of authenticity, that means that you are living in your own personal truth. That means that you are in the highest vibrational space that you can be, which is love, Mm -hmm. right? When you, and this is, this is like down the road, but as you go on the journey, you will understand that it just gets more colorful. It's more exciting as you learn about yourself and as you learn to manage through these emotions that we may have blocked. And then you start to kind of, it's almost like a garden. It's Mm -hmm. like the seeds have been planted and then you just keep growing. And so authenticity, when I started the book, it was like strictly on truth and owning your story. Now Mm -hmm. there will be other books because it goes so much deeper. It's really understanding you are love. You are the, the, all this wonderful thing this being to bring into this world, but you cannot be there if you're not living in your truth. You cannot Mm -hmm. be there if you are trying to live someone else's mold. And this is where I get excited because I understand it now. If you would have talked to me five years ago, it would not have made sense. But now I understand it because we all have limitless potential within us. We just have to kind of go on that journey back to understand mm-hmm. that it's already here. Stop trying look, to look externally for it. Now mm-hmm. flip it and start going internally because it's already, it's, it's right there. So okay. that is that excites me. And I like it because it's very simple. If you are doing things that do not make you feel good, that means that you're further and further away from your true self. Mm-hmm. Because your true self is like your higher self, right? Back to that love concept. That is an indicator. But if we're blocking our emotions, you can't gauge if you are getting closer to your uh, higher self or you're in resistance. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we understand that, it's a very simple model. It's like, am I going to engage in this conversation where it makes me feel not great? Right. Probably not. If if you are in alignment, Mm -hmm. you have to have awareness when you're engaging in that. Right. And understand that you can always recalibrate to kind of get you back to your true self. You have to have awareness when it doesn't feel right, right. then remove yourself from that situation so you mm-hmm. can recalibrate to get you back to your true self, your authentic self, living yeah. in truth. Yes, definitely. It reminds me of uh, Marie Kondo, who's like a minimalist. She's Japanese and she's all about like decluttering. Oh. And she has this phrase of, does it spark joy? Like mm. when it comes to like, you know, things that you might want to belong that you don't need to keep. But I think it's very, that question is very applicable here too, as you're saying, like, does what you're doing actually make you feel good? Does it spark joy for you? Because yeah. if it's not, it's a sign that there's some compromising or contradicting of your, what you really want internally. Yeah. It's resistance. Yeah. It's resistance against 
your true self. It means that your ego mm-hmm. is starting to run the show. You are trying to show up for other people in a way mm-hmm. that makes you look good. But do you feel good? That's right. the big difference. It's yeah. a feeling journey. And when yeah. you understand that, then it all, all the rest starts to unlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we chatted before we started recording, we've chatted before about emotions as well. And I know one of your next books, you want to talk about emotions. So, and you, you just mentioned in this answer here, but I'd love to hear more of like why emotions are important on this authenticity journey. Yeah, it, it's it's so interesting. And thank you, Richard, for the question, because I, like I said, it's like this ongoing discovery for myself. And now I just understand it at this level. And the mm-hmm. and what I get is that our emotions are always there. So think about the word emotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's emotion, energy and motion. Your emotions are energy. Right. If you block your emotions, do you, they get stuck. So I think that you might be surprised or society tells us they're very good with celebrating the happy emotions, but we have anger, we have sadness, we have all these other ones I can't even name, right? right? But if we don't know what to do with them, they stay in us and they can manifest into other things and they can actually bring you into toxic space. You can feel trapped, you can feel stuck. And there's Mm -hmm. so many books around it and really kind of understanding that emotional space, it's real. Mm -hmm. And it's all about energy and your high love again back to that alignment to authenticity is love that's the highest level of energy you can get to but if you're blocking some of that stuff you're not going to be able to move up into that space and i think it's interesting because in my mind now it's it's super clear there's a Mm -hmm. scale the top is the top part which we've already talked about is love the lowest part is fear Mm -hmm. so what space are you living your existence is it in higher space which is the emotions that go with the higher space are like joy, happiness, gratitude, kindness, appreciation. That's higher grid, right? Mm-hmm. But lower is, you know, jealousy, criticism, negativity, all that stuff. And it gets locked in. Right. And you could actually be not operating in the space that you would like to be operating in, which is again, back to that conversation around resistance and further away from your true self. Mm-hmm. So you're dropping down into that lower part of the grid instead of the the objective is own who you are, own those stories in the past where you may have blocked emotions, release them so we can move you up mm-hmm. to that higher elevated space so you can be your authentic self, your best self, honestly. Right. But our society does not talk about. I know I was raised where it was like, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Oh, same. it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, no. And, and I believed it. I right. bought into it. And I, you know, it's really interesting because it took me like 30 years to really understand. I'm like, and I started, when I started writing, I'm like, this is a farce because yeah. our emotions is, that's where we get our creativity, our passion, our excitement. Like, why is it you cannot have excitement and creativity if you're stifling the other ones? You no. got to just let it flow. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, another thing that came through to me, the word empowerment, mm. right? The word power is in it, but M is your emotional power. 
And again, it's really learning how to bring your emotions back into play and embrace them. Mm-hmm. And just let them t- let them tell you what you need to t- need to know. It's your inner guidance, right? Remember right. I was saying how like how do you feel? Does it give you joy? Does it not? That's right. your inner guidance. Closer yeah. to higher self or am I moving towards ego? Mm-hmm. And I think that when we start to understand that contrast, we can accept it. But, you know, like we said, like when we were younger, it's kind of like, oh, you're so for males, you don't show emotion because that would be weakness. And for Mm -hmm. females, you're too emotional. So our society has done a bit of a number telling us how we need to stifle our emotions. Mm -hmm. And that is incorrect. That is what I've come to realize. That is an incorrect assumption, Mm -hmm. because when we do that, you are definitely getting further and further away from your authentic self. And your authentic self is where your purpose lies. Every Mm -hmm. single one of us has a purpose in this world. It's all unique. Your purpose versus my purpose is different, but you cannot tap into that Mm -hmm. if you were blocking out emotions, if you're blocking out stories from your past, if you are hiding things, Mm -hmm. it's about you and your personal journey and reconnecting with it. I I have so much to say in response. (laughs) You you shared so much valuable insight. No, I, yeah, definitely this aspect of socialization and how we're taught that emotions are a sign of weakness when it's not. And another thing I brought up for me too, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. She's a researcher and author on this topic of shame and other emotions. And she says, you can't selectively dull some emotions because we'd love to be able to dull like all our fear and judgment Mm -hmm. and shame, but really you're also dulling your other emotions of excitement, creativity, and so on, as you said think one thing that really helped me within my journey like going back to meditation and mindfulness is recognizing that I have some I can see my emotions in a more objective way because usually we'd say like I'm angry or I'm sad versus I have the feeling of anger or I have the feeling of sadness like you can because when you're too close to the emotion I find that people can be very overwhelmed by it but if you say, I have the thought that, or I have the feeling that, you kind of see it from a further lens and you can see it in a more non-judgmental objective space. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. I just think that we need to learn to honor whatever emotion that's mm-hmm. coming through exactly, and not label it as good or bad. It yep. just is. And, and the indication is it's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. So I had something even yesterday. So this is, this is the thing. It's an ongoing journey but it's, it's exciting, right? So something came up yesterday. I had a conversation, didn't really sit well. I'm like, what is going on with this? Mm Why am I bothered by this? And I took time with it and now it's gone. I, I, I actually had a bigger unlock Mm -hmm. as to what Mm -hmm. that was about. But if I didn't have awareness to sit down and take time with it without judgment, don't judge it. What just ask yourself, where is it coming? Why am I feeling like this? Mm-hmm. Have I felt like this in the past? Hmm, interesting. And you know, if, if you bring your journal into it, because mm-hmm. I find that a lot of stuff comes through when I'm journaling, but a whole other unlock. And this is what I'm saying when you go on your authentic journey, it's amazing because it's so layered. And you can start with the hero, the hero's journey, but then you keep going and it's like turning these rocks. Like I turned a rock yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, that is awesome. Right. <laughs> it's 
sudden you just learn something new, but it's about, it's not even about you. It's about the offering that you're going to be able to give from that insight. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do that, then you just leave this planet and you just hold on to all this wisdom that's already in there. So, you know, I think, I think that's like super interesting. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's a, another author, speaker, researcher I, I, that I'm a fan of. Her name's Susan David. And in one of her episodes I listened to recently, she asked the question of what the funk, as in like, what's the function in yeah, terms of asking your emotion that's like, what, what the funk? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it, the motion's telling you something. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to it, then it can be, as you said, indicators of some past stories that you might be still holding on to or you just get to explore that dynamic a lot more instead of trying to just suppress it because like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. So I'm just going to try to ignore it. Once you actually identify the emotion and work through it, then you let go of it. It processes. And as you said, like it just moves through you instead of staying within you. So yeah, it's it's super, super powerful. And it's so funny, like from a business perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, the work that I've been doing, I'm like trying to get leaders to self-manage and self-regulate. So you understand these emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And people on the surface will go, well, you know, it's yeah. From a leadership perspective, what does it matter? Do you know how many people I've seen derail their career because they cannot manage their emotions because they felt dismissed in a meeting Mm -hmm. or they weren't heard and they got so fiery and they just went off the rails. And I've seen it numerous times right. because the ego, they don't even know that they're operating from a place of ego. So mm-hmm. this is where these conversations are so powerful because people need to understand we all have ego, but we also have true self mm-hmm. and you have to actively like put the ego in check. So it's not running the show. So you can get back to your true self. So you mm-hmm. can do the magical things that you're supposed to be doing on this planet. Yeah. If anything, I think leaders need the work the most because ego could show up there the most because like oh I'm in a position of power I can direct all these people but (laughs) Uh, yeah it's 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 you know ego well and also you know that's another part of the work I want to be doing but like the structure is set up for mm -hmm. ego to exist Mm -hmm. right one winner smartest who's been promoted all that stuff so that needs to be flipped upside down if you really want authenticity in your workplace, because the structure is set up to compete, to knock each other down, mm-hmm. to have one winner. And if you don't fit in the box, then you're never going to get that next move. And that's not that's not true. I think the future of work is going to definitely flip that in, in a different place where we need to be more collaborative and inclusive and really show that there's many diverse thoughts that can mm-hmm. come to the table, which actually we'll have a bigger gain. It's all of our own creativity and collaboration. So that's, that's a little bit of my thought, yeah. <laughs> thought on that, but and that's how it goes into the workplace as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to play devil's advocate again. Sure. <laughs> as I can imagine, there's a leader that like they meet you and you're talking about all this work of, you know, exploring oh, your, your work yeah. and so on. And then the leader might say, it's like, well, I don't have time for that. I'm already so busy with all my other responsibilities. And now you're asking me to like do all this difficult yeah. work of exploring myself. Like, why would I do that? So I'm curious how uh, you would respond. Yeah, I, the, that question excites me actually, because I'm like, 
because the world is changing, Mm -hmm. right? It's because if you are not going to be a, a leader that is aware of themselves and how they show up, you're going to lose people. There is a war mm. for talent right now. And mm-hmm. people want to be inspired and motivated by their leaders. They do not want to be lead, led in a way that that's very traditional. Like I have all the answers. You follow the script. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear from you. And here's, here's the funny thing. Like even the idea of in the past, and I've witnessed it many times, it would be like, oh, we leave our emotions at the door, check your emotions, check your problems, all that stuff. Post-COVID, it's a different game. Mm. So now people are more integrated and they have their stuff that's coming in and we have to figure out from a leadership leadership perspective, how do we manage these folks? Mm-hmm. Which means that there's more of a reliance on our leaders to show up in a different way. But all I'm asking is that, you know, go on the deeper explore so you can be elevated in how you show up. You can be authentic. You can show mm-hmm. up and feel even a little bit vulnerable, but I, that's what people connect with. That, right. Those are the leaders that lead by heart yeah. and they don't necessarily exist right now. And this, you know, the fact that we're entertaining this idea, I think it's fascinating because it's bigger than whatever organization that you're working on. Mm-hmm. This is about skills that you can bring wherever you want to go and you will be elevated. So when I coach people and they're like, Christina, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? You know, how do I do this? I go, I need to see you. I need to see you first before Mm -hmm. I can start telling, you know, directions or whatever, because Mm -hmm. it's your journey. Mm -hmm. And if I can't see you, then you, you're just falling into a mold. And that is a problem because the way of the future, people do not want to be led by, by molds or like robots. They want to be a part of something bigger. They want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, feel as though that their voice is heard and they're seen and engaged. And we need competent leaders to be able to do that. People are insecure when they feel as though they have to only rely on a script or a title in order Mm -hmm. to lead. Mm -hmm. I need leaders to lean into who they are as people, step into that conviction and bring that to the table. As Mm -hmm. long as you're showing up from a place of kindness and love, right? High vibrational space. It's always going to win. So it is a different way of thinking, but I think the old system is dying. And that's why we need to redesign the mm-hmm. new system for these leaders to come in. And the leaders are the most important piece, right? They help set the culture. Right. So. Yeah, I, I agree that this is the future of work as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I, and I think for leaders too, when they show up authentically, it gives permission for their colleagues and employees to show up more authentically as well because instead of I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this too like work-life balance or work-life integration this idea that you know you are still you when you're at work you don't have to just show up as a a portion of yourself or try to compartmentalize like this is work life this is my personal life because you're still showing up as you and I think some people might when the overall organizational culture is not set up for for people to show up as their holistic selves, then they sort of just suppress like, oh, I'm just gonna put my head down, get through work, and then go home where I can finally, you know, relax and enjoy myself and be my true self. So yeah, thoughts on well, Yeah, I that? definitely do. I, I think that there's a shift that's happening. I think mm-hmm. COVID changed. I, 
I believe COVID changed everything. Mm -hmm. I think that people are more integrated than they ever been, right? We've had to sit home for like two years and reevaluate and understand that connection is critical. Everyone's craving it. For so long, we've been told to wear masks, to Mm -hmm. be six feet apart and all this stuff. So now we're starting to bring people back into the workforce and we have inter like human interaction again. Right. And it's more meaningful because people are like, actually, and I've seen it, they're more heightened. They're a little Mm -hmm. more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's been a grind for the past two years. So it's like, it's hard to just pretend that that doesn't happen. So from my perspective, I'm a mom, right? I have two two young kids. I had to adapt to online schooling on a wrap and then trying to jump back and forth and still have a corporate job and do right. all that. That was intense, right? Yeah. So how do I, it's not possible. And this is, this is it's so interesting because I had a conversation. It's not realistic mm-hmm. for people to come in and strictly be, okay, this is only work yeah. because the world changed. The, yeah. the parameters around, our work and our home life changed. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. people were forced to work remotely. The hours of work shifted. It turned into a whole different ball game. And that has impacted people, right? Like like how do you manage all of that? So I think that it's going to be interesting because organizations are going to have to figure out how to adapt to that, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different level of expectation from employees to employer. And, you know, this is my perspective. I think that we have an obligation to care, right? There is Mm -hmm. a duty to care for one another. There's a duty to care from an organization to your employees. And I believe that, you know, we need to ensure that there's self-care plans in place, that how are people like tapping through all this increased stress? Are we there to support? And then that's how it kind of shifts into the next phase. But I can show up that way because I'm being authentically myself and that that allows that extra level of connection, but organizations are not going to be able to be compartmentalized like they've traditionally been. It's much more fluid as from my perspective. No, I agree as well. It's quite interesting because on the zoom world, as you're saying, everyone's working from home. And so in a way it helped me to humanize or helps to humanize some of these people I see all the time. It's like, Oh, there's their cat or their dog running by, or there's their kid. And it's like just seeing a different aspect of their, you know, personal life and bringing that into work. I mean, for better or worse, like, as you said, like there's, it's much more fluid now. And I think when we transition back, I mean, I've been hearing this a lot too. It's like, how do you reestablish your social connections or brush up Mm -hmm. on your social skills? Because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like a muscle. If you don't exercise your social skills, you kind of get rusty at it. It does take some time of um, reestablishing that. But I'm also optimistic that there's, this will spark or be the catalyst for positive changes in organizational. I think so too. And yeah, and it's funny because the work that, that, so, you know, the book is more, how am I contributing as a leader? Mm -hmm. I show up, right? Because instead we can't change the world or create the world we want to live in by just brought like brush stroke across the board. It's like each individual has to have awareness as to how they're showing up. And then from a broader scale, I would say organizations are going to have to really increase their emotional intelligence 
events within their organizations mm-hmm. to really encourage and not be fearful of it. Like you don't need to shut people down. You just need yeah. to hear them out and then it, it flows, right? And then yeah. we can encourage the more positive stuff to to better service businesses or higher business results. So, so. Yeah. I guess the other... I guess I enjoy playing devil's advocate today, even though I'm oh, still yeah, on your side. I love it. So I, I can imagine there's a listener as well that, I, 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 especially for people in a corporate world where I guess it's more quote unquote professional or businessy, like yeah. talking about stuff like energy and vibrations yeah. and love, it's like can sound very gooey or oh, like trust me. that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm curious to get your, your thoughts on that. Oh my gosh. I, this is what's so funny about it. Like yeah. even for my- myself. I've been this corporate for a long time. And I wrote a book that talks about love and energy and vibration. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I felt really nervous about publishing my book at first. Mm -hmm. But now I don't because I'm like, if you want to use the word energy, gets the idea of energy. They just don't see it, right? Mm -hmm. You feel it. You know how you feel. You know, if you either feel charged up as a when you're with leaders, which is a multiplying effect, or you know if you're diminished. Mm -hmm. And I think that organizations really need to have more conversations around that because it's about how our people are showing up because your environments will make a direct impact in whether or not people can be in alignment to their truth, right? Mm -hmm. If you're always with diminishers, you're not going to be able to serve whatever you need to do from a business perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So there there is actual... Um, data that supports that highly engaged employees, which is, so if we want to use business language, highly engaged employees Mm -hmm. are four times more productive than your disengaged employees. So that's interesting. Okay. That's business language, but we're talking energy, right? Mm -hmm. So when people are sparked up, energized, all that stuff, that's engagement, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just using different language that can walk away for for people to understand, oh my gosh, that's me? Yes, you have been toxic or you've been affected by someone who's toxic or how do I show up? Mm -hmm. So the three things I would take for your listeners, because I break it down pretty easily in the book, but it's, it's so easy. A multiplier is a leader that you show up and you feel just like you can be with them. They make you feel as though you can take over the world. You're mm-hmm. like, you leave them and you're probably working on, I don't know, 10 other projects because you're so jazzed up after you left them. Mm-hmm. Then there's the neutralizer who's flat, but they're not dangerous. Like you go to them and you don't really get much, but they, they're like, yeah, keep me posted. That kind of mm-hmm. like very low, kind of just normal. But the diminisher, if you have a diminisher in your org as a leader, you're cutting, you're clipping the wings on, on your folks where you could be generating really great ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to a diminisher and it's like, oh yeah, that, that idea is never going to work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I've already done that. Yeah. It's, it's not a good idea, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You just crush potential there. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting because when we break it into energy language, it's like, oh my gosh, I get it. Rather than the the blanket business language was very mm-hmm. not connected. It's like engagement. Well, what does engagement mean? How right. are you breaking it down? Yep. And every single, and I think it's like an untapped resource, to be honest. It's like every single person in your organization carries energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> yet we don't talk about it. Why? Because it's the emotional piece. And mm-hmm. we don't like that in business. 
But the fact is that shift is happening because of COVID. People are more emotional and heightened. So we need to figure out how to pivot and mm -hmm. have those conversations on a more kind of direct level. So that that's that's my perspective on it. No, I, I definitely agree because it's, people will have emotions whether you <laughs> <laughs> you so tell them to have emotions not? or not. It's it's there. And so yeah, having those- Why don't those, we use it to our advantage yeah. instead of trying to stop it where people are going to get angry and bitter right. and toxic mm -hmm. and like really impact your greater culture. Well, you yeah. don't want to do that. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one of, one of my biggest pet peeves is- this is how we should do it because that's how we've always done it. Yeah. <laughs> like just that sort of belief. I'm like, well, it could be better, right? <laughs> we yeah. just don't have to follow tradition Absolutely. just for the sake of it. So no, I'm uh, of this mindset as well. Innovation changes for the better because yeah, it's like people spend so much time at work, like out of their 24 hours in a day anyway, right? So hopefully it's enjoyable because <laughs> if not yeah. like th that sort of negative energy carries into their personal relationships and how they show up there too so yeah, yeah and it, it, it's interesting because you know you want to have energy at the end of the day mm -hmm. to go home to your family and really right. engage with them but if you've been in space with people that have been just takers you're you're going to be exhausted for the people that that really are important in your life and mm -hmm. i think that that and the reason why it comes in because with your alignment to your true self, it's like learning how to put boundaries in place, no, mm -hmm. understanding you getting yourself in, in your own way. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we understand that concept, you're like, I can control that. I can actually control how I engage with other people. I don't have to put myself in those situations. Mm -hmm. And it will make those that are more toxic be managed and potentially managed out of business because they're not serving you well. If they're mm -hmm. sitting there talking and kind of like being super subversive behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, Richard, I wanted to say, when we say love, if I change that word to compassionate leadership or leading mm -hmm. with empathy, we mm -hmm. accept that. Right. But when we say love, it's like, oh my God, that's, that's a little more like, that's too soft. Right. Right. I get it. But I feel like I'm a part of that translation and understanding that we need that more than ever. So people can actually feel as though we care about them mm -hmm. from an organization standpoint. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have the benefit of being in both worlds. You've been in corporate for a long time. Yes. Now you're exploring this new part of your life of author, speaker, all this authenticity. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like, like I'm saying, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it, it gives you, I guess, the language to the audience, like speaking in a way that they'll understand it and really get it because it's still the same core concepts. You're just putting different words. It's all to. the same. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite interesting because when I started to understand it deeper, I'm like, mm. we cannot be the way that we have been in the past in in corporate, we have to shift. We have to show our employees that we mean it and mm -hmm. that we really care. But the only way that we can do it back to full circle is that if we're connected with ourselves and we're showing up from a, you know, an authentic place, a genuine place. So mm -hmm. we can, we can really care about other people from a place of truth. Yeah, definitely. Well, there, <laughs> there's been so much wonderful nuggets. <laughs> I, and I, I encourage people to get Christina's book as well, because it goes in a lot more depth about what we've chatted about in our conversation today. 
But for listeners that want to reach out to you, connect with you, where would you want to direct them to? Yeah, so I have a couple of places. I have a website, which is my name, christinaholly.com. You just you can definitely send me a message there. I post regularly on Instagram, just daily insights like, you know, tips and tricks to get mm-hmm. you closer to your authentic self, something to think on. And then also I have my Facebook page, which is my my author name, Christina M. Holly, and then LinkedIn. So I'm kind of all over socials right now, but I check regularly. So I would love to connect with anyone, especially about these topics. I get super excited about it. So it's great. Yeah, so definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know we've covered a lot of different topics, but would you do you have a final message or takeaway you'd like to say to listeners? Yeah. I I think that I would love your listeners to understand this is that, you know, stop looking externally for all the answers, Hmm. take the time to reconnect with yourself, take the time to know who you are, accept all of it, get to the point where you can accept all the parts, the parts that we perceive as broken, the parts that we don't think that are serving as well. Mm -hmm. I promise you they are. And it's that's it's in those spots that you have real strength and growth, but you have to love it all. And I, I would say that if you really want to make big impact in your life, that is the first place that I would start. So go on that authentic journey. It's well worth it. Wonderful. Well, <laughs> I think that's a great <laughs> note to end off on. So thank you again, Christina, for all your valuable insights. And I'm sure we'll stay connected. <laughs> Oh yeah. My gosh. This was, this was so great. And I'm, yeah. Thank you for sharing the time with me, Richard. Really, really great. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember to check out the show notes of the episode where you can find a link to my website, excuses to connect.com. There you can check out the other initiatives that I'm working on. The intro and outro music were written by Megan Rennie. You can check out her Instagram and SoundCloud in the show notes. There are also links to leave a voice message, as I'd love to hear from listeners. You can leave a comment or ask a question that might be featured in a future episode. Lastly, there's a link to buy me a coffee. This is a website that supports content creators where you can donate some money on a one-time or monthly basis. If you love what I'm doing and want to support, you can buy me a metaphorical coffee. Finding excuses to connect is what I love to do, what I'm good at, and what I think the world needs more of. Consider sharing this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. I hope you have a wonderful day and make some new connections. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life.